Everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host uh, for March, I guess. Um, now, joining me, I've done lots of things in our time. When we've been speaking to people, we've spoken to people who create things. So I've spoken to people that make films. I've spoken to people that make podcasts. I've spoken to people who take white pieces of paper and make absolutely wondrous things. To date, I have spoken to artists that take ideas, put them on the page full of uh, colour and wonder and ink and magnificence to tell a story. And I thought, I could take this further. I, I need somebody to help me. I don't need somebody to help me all the way. I don't need somebody to be fully cooperative. I maybe need somebody to just be semi-cooperative, almost semi-co-op. So who else could I ask on the show? But I've got Rachel and I've got Heinze from Semi-Co-op to talk about art in their comic series that they've been running for almost five years. So there we go. So hello to you both. Hey. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> That's probably um, the most loaded question in the world yeah. at the moment. When you said, uh, I'll be your, your, your presenter in March, I was like, this is the longest March ever, so <laughs> this is one hell of a job. It's kind of like, I don't know, because I'm always swithering whether or not it's editing. It's nothing more than, I think, what could potentially happen is we could get to the 31st of March and then we wake up the next day and it's the 32nd of March. <laughs> and then it just kind of keeps on going. So we'll be on yeah. like, welcome to the 157th of March kind of thing, which means we'll not yeah. see, we'll not see Christmas. Which, no, which that sounds about right. <laughs> potentially be a thing. <laughs> let's face it. Um, we we're here because you have been creating kind of comics for almost five years and it seemed like a good time to get you guys on the show um but you're kind of you're creating kind of pieces that are involved in around the kind of the the kind of the board game space so i'm just interested in finding out a little bit more about yourself so i guess the first question is i mean um did you did you both study kind of art when you were kind of kind of grown up is that what you did at kind of college or university or is it something that's become that moved from being a hobby into something that you're kind of you kind of you're doing doing now 
Uh, well, we actually both did the same uh, studies at a university. It's called Art and, Art and Technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very broad education. So it goes from web design to uh, video, mm-hmm. audio, programming, uh, even uh, soldering. <laughs> like, it's very broad. Uh, very and broad. after two... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I actually know how to do that. It's fun. <laughs> Very handy nowadays. <laughs> do you ever find yourself kind of breaking stuff on purpose so that you can get the soldering iron out and go, I can fix this. I can do this. Uh, I, I've actually, I have a disassembled Bluetooth speaker on my desk right now. Right. Which I want to turn into uh, the MonkeyBot 30,000 from Clank in Space because I want a giant golden monkey with speakers <laughs> on my desk. So, so when you were sitting back then in college, doing your class, did you ever think that one day you'd be putting together a great big golden monkey that you could play music out of? Uh, Not specifically, but that was the sort of thing I was doing in college. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) So, um, are you? I mean, are you a couple then? I mean, or do you just hang out lots? Because I don't want to assume anything. <laughs> we're, we're married, but we also hang out lots. Yes. <laughs> Nowadays, <what> especially. <laughs> Nowadays, it's 24-7. We just hang out yep. all the time. Exactly. Almost like we're kind of forced by the government to hang out together. Quality yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, time. Sponsored by the government. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> so we, we did... Um, we did, uh, we did do the, the same education, but mm-hmm. after two years, uh, you have to pick your own path, yeah. sort of say. And, um, well, that in my case, uh, I have been doing 3D, uh, animation and, uh, game graphic design. Mm-hmm. And Heinze did, well, yeah, more, more <laughs> technical things like art installations and stuff like that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Does that mean? Does that mean actually kind of on the art installation side? Does that mean you actually put the stuff into the the art galleries themselves and make sure everything's set up with like the lighting okay. and the layout and and everything like that? Uh, no, it's more like that. You you make something for an art gallery or museum, but you're actually making interactive pieces that the audience can interact with. Oh, right. Okay. What, like, um, lights and stuff like that, or things that kind of change when they kind of touch them and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Lights, sounds, displays, uh, you know, type of motors that change things in the room, stuff like that. All right. So you've actually taken the soldering side of things kind of really seriously. You've gone up a couple (laughs) of levels, whereas Rachel's just like a part-time mucking about yeah. type of soldering type person kind of thing. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> as I mean as I mean as somebody who's creating like these kind of interactive pieces, Hansha, um do you actually hang around the installations to see how people kind of react to different things? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because that's that's very useful. Mm. Um I've actually at one point we made an installation 
somebody actually got an intern to do observations for a whole day to make us learn how people interact with wow. it. Wow. And the Oh, we have a cat walking over the keyboard right now. <laughs> Everything is fine. Continue. Okay. Yes, continue. Um, <laughs> Which because, one's that? Is, this, um, is it? Is it Star Apollo? Is yeah, that well. okay? Of course it would. Um, yeah. yeah. Be- because um, you know, because you're you're often dealing with interactive uh, installation in public spaces, so there's always this barrier of I don't want to act weird in public. Yeah. Um, so there's a very interesting level of you know you have to attract people and also make them feel comfortable around in their surroundings uh, to interact with it and um, so it's very very important that you uh, test and observe in a real life environment to see if your idea actually works so do you do you work alongside a team or are you like a kind of an artist in your own right that's doing these things or how how's it how's it work does somebody come to you and say look I want to put this kind of installation in um, my gallery and do you kind of design that for them? Or, or are you going about saying, well, this is my latest piece, this is what I'm kind of doing? So I I don't do it a whole lot anymore. I think the last piece was like a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's a combination. Sometimes um, it comes from a pitch. Sometimes it's sort of like an open call where friends who, who have a gallery are – uh, made a deal with a gallery, uh-huh. say like, okay, I, I would love to to have you make something here, uh-huh. um, but do do whatever. Um, sometimes I just want to team up with people I think are interesting, yeah. and, and then I mail them like, oh, let's do something. I've got some ideas surrounding this idea, or I want to use this piece of technology to, to be more familiar with it, uh, but let's just start brainstorming and see where this, this is going. What's the kind of the what's the kind of the what would you say the work you're most kind of proud of is in terms uh, of your installations? I think one of so I've two projects which I think are my favorite. Uh one was uh I did with Rachel for a organization called Drop Stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they own all sorts of huge LED screens, uh portable ones, but also ones that are just hanging around on train stations and stuff. Yeah. Um we got to go to to Venice. Wow! Uh, and, and create a game there that um, one player was in Venice controlling a game on a giant LED screen, which was I think four by three meter or six by three meter. Wow! Uh, and the other player was in Amsterdam. I want to say maybe yeah. it was The Hague. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least in a Dutch city. Um, yeah. And we made a game in which you have a car with two steering wheels. Uh, and you had to collaborate uh, to prevent yourself from crashing into priceless artworks. <laughs> right. Wow. Do you? Yep. <laughs> do you? I mean, are you? Do you ever get kind of like ideas? Do you have like a, a kind of a notebook full of ideas that you would like to do? I mean, is there anything that you would really just like? Yes. To, if somebody says, "Okay, here is, you know, lots of money." lots of money and here is enough tin and a soldering iron and some led bulbs and some sellotape and here's a sandwich in case you get hungry (laughs) what type of thing would you like to to kind of create yourself there there are a whole lot of lots of things um 
Um, so I would like to create an interactive gallery space that can teach you about everything that's going on in your city because I've been working mm-hmm. as a uh, researcher about smart cities and I've been collecting all these different data streams from the city we live in. Yeah. Um, there's a sort of a small, well, kind of big, but simple installation at our um, city hall, which I programmed. All right. Okay. Which shows all the different data streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would love to to expand on that with a big budget and a, a permanent room so we can go like, I don't know, like minority report style gestures and flashy uh, production. So you want people to be able to interact with a screen and do you, are you going to have like a, a Tom Cruise puppet? actual size yeah, but i also i i kind of want to do like a, a huge uh model of the city wow uh, like in in wood or iron or whatever foam i don't care it just has to be big and i want to project data on it so people can learn about their surroundings that's pretty cool what about your um what about yourself rachel i mean you do understand you do a lot you do like your main job is like and you do a lot of illustration is that correct yeah, yeah, I uh, I mainly do illustration right now. Mm. I used to do uh, quite some uh, animation and motion graphics. Wow! But that has, um, I think, thanks to SemiCope, it has fluently or, or very subtly um, gone more into the illustration uh, side of work. Um, but it, it's it's been fun so far, and. Uh, I think SemiCoop actually has. I have a lot to thank, a lot of clients thanks to SemiCoop at this point. So it's been good. <laughs> um, what made you decide to? Ken, I mean, I was. What made you decide to bring out kind of SemiCoop in the first place? What was the kind of the story behind it? Was it driven by yourself, Ken and Rachel? Were you kind of thinking, well, we can actually, because from what I can tell, I mean, I know we men- um, we mentioned Penny Arcade. And how obviously we all we all aware that you're better than them uh, in terms of what you do. Um, <laughs> well, that's my my opinion, and as we know, everything I say is a fact. But um, <clears throat> I mean, the space in terms of there's there's the board game media space is deliciously wonderful in the fact that it's very easy to bring out a new idea that maybe has been tried in other spaces. But there's very few examples of that within, like, say, the tabletop space. So was it was there a reason that you you were you sitting about going? Oh, actually, I could potentially do something kind of here. I mean, what what made you well, going to move forward? Uh, funny, funny enough, I actually started this whole project as a um, way for me. To actually mm. uh, practice character drawing, but I also know f- oh, right. I also know myself, and I also know that I could do a few tutorials on character design and cartoon drawing. Mm-hmm. But then I would do that a few times, and I would it would you know I wouldn't do it anymore. So I needed a project, <laughs> and that's why I said to yeah. myself, "You should just you know start a webcomic. You mm-hmm. should." keep on doing that and then you would have a reason to keep practicing um so that's how it started out and somehow we're like five years later now and um and oh yeah and what why why about 
board games, of course. That's a good question as well. Um, <laughs> at first, we were like, uh, I also discussed this with, with Heinze. Um, we were like, should we do it about general geeky things? But then we quickly concluded that there are like, well, thousands of webcomics about general geeky um, culture. Uh, so um, I actually decided to keep it focused just, you know, take a niche market. At this point, uh, when uh, Semi-Co-op launch, launched, there were about, well, two other webcomics uh, about board games. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a really safe starting space. And to be very honest, in the beginning, I never had the intention to, well, I didn't know how long I was going to do it. Um, but like I said... Somehow, here we are, five <laughs> years, almost five years later, and I'm still doing it weekly <laughs> and never missed a comic or never missed an update. <laughs> did, I mean, did you did you find you slipped into a kind of a format for it quite early on then? I mean, was it just a case that you decided, well, okay, we're going to do this with the kind of the characters and then we'll just put them in kind of different situations or did you start off with kind of like huge plans involving multiple characters and things like that at the beginning Mm, no i think uh, in the beginning we always wanted to keep it small so Mm. we just had a very we we did have like this big document with all kinds of random or not really random but ideas we had written down Mm -hmm. during a period of a few months i think uh that we thought would make for a funny comic Mm -hmm. um so it was always meant as short simple comics Mm -hmm. short jokes so to say yeah do you do you i mean who who's between the two of you who's the funniest one i mean (laughs) who's the who's or no i mean no i don't mean i do mean that um, you know, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you were in a co- if you were kind of like, if it was a case of, you know, uh, somebody says, if you don't um, tell me a really funny joke, I'll freeze you in carbonite. Say you're meeting Boba Fett or Jabba the Hutt, um, and yeah. they say, if you don't tell us a really really funny joke, then you're both going to get frozen in carbonite, and you'll end up in Jabba's palace. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but. It's just come off my head, but but it ends in a rancor, and it, it could end up it, it could end up with that. But between the two of you, who would step up to the plate and tell the joke? Then Heinze, he is like his memory is like weirdly, weirdly gigantic. He remembers <laughs> everything, so he would. I'm certain he would remember a good joke. He would just come up with something kind of random. Is that that's pretty yeah, good? No, I, that must be pretty good. I can't, can't do it right now. It's, I see listeners going like, "Yeah, say something, <laughs> say funny. something funny." Uh, I'm not, that's the next I'm not thing. Doing it. Come on! Uh, but <laughs> Rachel is the master of like the the unintentional pun or uh-huh. unintentional like layered comment. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know when I make a joke. It's terrible. Then <laughs> he starts laughing, and I'm like, "Why are you laughing?" And then I realize that oh, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you do a lot of planning out then? I mean, um, in terms of the the comics that you produce, 
what kind of comes first? Does the idea for the comic come first? Or do you just like look at a game and say, all right, this game's going to be coming out. This game's coming to be coming out on Kickstarter. Um, let's look at producing a, a kind of a comic for it. Or do you come up with an idea and and say, well, where can what game can we kind of fit this round? How does how does that kind of work? It it sort of goes both ways. Sometimes uh-huh. we have an idea for 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 a joke about a game, but we realize like, okay, nobody's talking about that game right now, and mm-hmm. we know there's an expansion coming up or some sort of Kickstarter. Uh, then we just write it down and keep it until the time is there. Uh, and sometimes. Uh, we really sit down and go like, okay, this is something we want to do a joke about. Mm. Can we do something funny with this? And and do you have a lot of stuff prepared in advance? I mean, are you are you working no. kind of like two or three weeks ahead then? No, we're we're mostly these last couple of months. It's been like five minutes after Rachel presses save in Photoshop. <laughs> you see it online. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Really? In the ideal world, yeah. I would have like a um, a backlog of like three comics, mm-hmm. and I think I had at one time. Mm-hmm. But somehow I'm way too busy with with, with freelance work at this point that yeah. I just I can't manage. So actually, on Monday, I make the comic and I publish the comic. <laughs> and still, you would say that's very dangerous. Yes, yes, yes it is. Yes. But. Five years later, never miss an update. So you're still, still here. going fine. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And 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 sometimes, um, because I'm obviously very funny and amusing, is that sometimes the planned jokes or the planned humour, you'll write it down and you go, oh, actually, that's that's not as funny as I thought it was going to be. That's probably my whole show is uh, it's not as funny as I thought it was going to be. But yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes it's like the off the cuff, quick kind of running the idea when I was speaking yeah. to um, when I was speaking to um, Emma from the Pointless Parrot podcast she was basically saying if I've got an idea the best thing for me to do with that idea is actually just to put it on video um, otherwise if I sit and think about it too much I'll find reasons why it's not en- interesting well, yeah. or entertaining and I must admit I'm the same when I'm writing a review if I if I come up with an, an opening for like a review when I'm writing a review um, or recording something, then if I think about it too much, um, I'll just think, oh, it's rubbish. <laughs> and I'll kind of move on and kind of, and kind of, kind of do, kind of do something else. Uh, we, we did um, do smaller black and white comics for a year for Cool to Think. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the jokes had to be simpler, we, we sort of just went like, cool, this sounds funny, let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. And after a few comics, people started saying, like, this is your best work, mm-hmm. which was pretty funny and maybe a bit insulting because it does didn't require as much thought or work in the art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but we sort of uh, decided that... We are not going to worry. If we think something works, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to worry too much about is this resonating with others and is this going to be popular because we found out that we're really bad at predicting the success of a comic. Yep. If we think it's funny, chances are big the public doesn't. <laughs> and if we think it's like, ah, this is so-so, then, then it's probably going to yeah. go viral. Yep. Yeah, I think everybody suffers from that. 
I think um, <laughs> I've certainly been in the situation where I've recorded a show that I thought was where it just went really, really well and everything clicked and um, it gets the same kind of number of listeners. And then on occasion, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of I'll record a show and it's like, well, that you know, that was OK. And people come back and go, that was amazing. I really, really found that entertaining. <laughs> that was so interesting. And I'm just going. I have no way I measure this. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm really <laughs> depressed. Um, in terms of the the styles that you adopt, um, do you keep it quite do you keep it quite straightforward and simple to um in order to, to keep the kind of the production time as low as possible? I mean, how how long would you say you're normally working on a on a comic? Uh I'd say for a comic uh, one work day would be fair to say, yeah. Wow. You know, it kind of depends. So it, it probably ranges from five to maybe sometimes nine or ten hours. Wow. You know, depending on how big the comic is uh-huh. or how complex it is and everything. But it does take a lot of time. Actually, do, do, do you break that? Do you break that down then into into time slots? Because I'm obviously I'm understanding that you have like freelance work you have to do, so you've got to earn kind of money. Um, you got to earn money for this. Um, so do you kind of like split it up? So you do like you know an hour, then do your main freelance work, and then work on it a little bit more, kind of lunchtime wise and things like that. Or do you just say right, I'll get it out of the way, I'll get it done. And I'll get it kind of finished. Well, at this point, I mostly just block out Mondays to mm-hmm. actually draw the comic. Right. And um, well, all the other days are just, you know, for my freelance work. So it's 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 kind of a sacrifice. But we also have like the money coming in from Patreon. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's not completely, um, not completely for free. <laughs> No, but I mean, I guess, you know, at the same time then, um, with you, I mean, and I ask this of everybody who's kind of running a Patreon, do you feel that um, in running the Patreon you've got to produce a lot more work? Do you, do you sometimes feel you're kind of putting a bit more kind of pressure on yourself to produce some extra work in order to kind of keep the, the patrons kind of happy? Um, and well, when we, we discussed how to set up the patron, the, I think the most important rule was it shouldn't cost us any more time and we shouldn't have to make additional content. Mm-hmm. Um, that of course didn't turn out to be completely <laughs> true because every exactly. year the Christmas card and, uh, uh, like the mystery gift we give people, mm-hmm. uh, all turn into like multi-month projects somehow. Um, <laughs> But in, in generally, in the, in the comic itself, we just uh, sort of presented like, okay, this is the comic, this is the thing hmm. you support us for, and, and thank you so much. But that's about it, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of feeling pressure, um, I tend not to do that. I mean, most of the most of the patrons we have actually say they really support us just because they like the work we do and yeah. they really don't want any additional content. They really, they're, they're not asking for it. They just, they're very happy they can support us a little for 
everything we already do. So yeah, I, I think no, I don't feel extra pressure. No, <laughs> no, I, I think it's a difficult, it's a difficult internal battle to kind of have yeah. because with the Pat- yeah. with the Patreon that I've got, I'll occasionally, and I'm terrible at this. And I always feel bad because I'll put out like an update and then I'll realize, oh, it's been so long since I put out the last update. And I I always find my updates on my Patreon are updates to apologize for the fact that I haven't done an update before and we promise. And then here's some stuff that we're going to be doing. And again, really sorry for not updating you kind of before. And yet I always find when I speak to people to do kind of support us and I say, well, do you think we're doing the right thing? I said, no, I don't. I'm not interested in kind of extra stuff. I'm just interested in I'm coming along and giving you some additional money every month because I want to support what you're doing on a month-by-month basis, which is sometimes kind of difficult to kind of get out of that, um, to get out of that mindset. Um, in terms of, say in terms of style and things like that, um, this, the kind of the style of the, of the comic itself, um, have you ever considered kind of doing something just on a huge grand scale? I mean, I, I, I taught you obviously. I'm when I said to to Heinz earlier on about the um, the type of installation that they would do if you know resources were unlimited. For yourself, have you ever thought about? Well, I'm actually going to. I've actually got a big project, and I'm just going to spend a couple of months kind of pushing the artwork in a different direction for the web comic and kind of creating something really different for people to look at? Well, in for semi-gulp, I'd say um, if I have a few months, I would definitely jump into animation. Yeah. Because uh, we have the tools nowadays and we just have to make some awesome puppets and I'd love to just spend a few months on building a cool thing for that because we've already experimented with that a little uh-huh. uh we actually have a youtube channel yeah <laughs> it's, it's like our secret <laughs> it's, it's our secret secret little space yeah <laughs> uh and that's something i'd really love to do if if it was possible but at this point it just it, it takes a lot of time and uh Too it's not really time, doable next to all the uh freelance work actual yeah, work, work, <laughs> and and video takes. You know, hats off to anybody that does a video and does uh, like a yes. does like a B roll and a C roll and records kind yeah. of like special <laughs> effects. Because as somebody who's done a couple of videos, I'm just you know, podcasting is easy because <laughs> what will happen is that I will go through this and I'll listen back and I'll pick out anything where I sound ridiculous. And take that away, which is usually most of it. But video, <laughs> but you know, if I want to reduce the length, or you know, if there was an awkward silence or a pause, or if somebody decided to let out an almighty, powerful, beautiful belch halfway through, I mean, I could cut that out. <laughs> but if you do that through a video, editing just takes a long time, rendering it just oh, takes yes. a long time and and you can do, and I've done this before where I've filmed a video and the lighting hasn't been great and then it just looks, you're just like oh, this that was so good but I've got to now go and do yep. the whole thing again and I know it's not going to be as good and you know, and then back to podcasting I go because I kind of <laughs> hate it but um, so hats off to anybody that's done done that type of done that type of thing um Yes. 
Especially people who film on location. Yes. Because, ah, so scary. <laughs> I, I could just, it's like, I see shut up and sit down do occasional kind of outside things and it just like cut shots to that. And I'm just like, yeah. And I've seen, and also, um, my um, friend of the show, Dan Hughes, um, from Sporadically Bored and Order from Chaos and stuff like that, he does a, he's done a wonderful series called Letters from Huddersfield where he actually videos him kind of sitting on a bench and walking into a post office and stuff like that. And I really have a huge appreciation for the amount of time that it takes, you know, um, them and, you know, say, you know, Paula Deming and folk like that, all the kind of the work that they shut up and even shut up and sit down themselves, all the work that they put into kind of the videos. And I know that I, it's not, I don't have the willingness. I just don't have the time. And I'm, I think a lot of people yeah. are in the in the same direction. The, the, mo- the, the interestingly, one of the most impressive uh, things I always see is uh, the one tar Tiffany does those. Um, hey, I'm snowboarding and reviewing some games. <laughs> uh, yes. And she's just snowboarding yes. or on some sort of fairground, and there's lights going off in the background, and there, there, the sound isn't supposed to be that good, but somehow she sounds perfect, and it, she makes it I look know. so effortless, and I'm like, I can't even get one shot right, and you're doing this, like, very playful, walking around in a, a very hard environment to get right images and right sounds, and you're just having a good time somehow. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, one of the things you guys are doing quite well is um, you're you're doing kind of a lot more kind of sponsored kind of content, as in commissioned work. Um, I've seen recently yes. for things like God Tier, where you produced a web comic kind of based around that. Um, are you finding that's becoming kind of more and more popular? You're getting more requests from that because Steam Forged, um, they could come on the podcast. And they could get people to do like a walkthrough video or a playthrough video. And that kind of raises a little bit of, you know, can raise quite a lot of interest in in the project. But um, do you think your way is a kind of a unique way to get people aware of of the game and what it's offering? I think so. Um, We we have been seeing that it's becoming a lot more popular, Mm. um, especially, um, I think, last summer we did heroes of tenafir and isle of cats um and both um pepine and oh no oh no no oh i forgot no. a name now you sorry. forgot it and now i forget it oh sorry oh. frank sorry we're sorry frank we're so sorry uh, oh is it frank both oh frank out. won't mind frank frank west no nah. nah, we don't like I, yeah frank west we don't like nah, Frank's fine. that he doesn't mind uh but both came out and said, like, okay, this this comic really helps. Um, especially Frank sort of, um, like, showed that our comics really help in, like, the, the middle slump of a Kickstarter campaign. Um, so once we had that information uh, and his, like, um, like, confirmation that it actually helps, um, it really helped us to... to to come to publishers and say like, okay, this is what we're offering. This is work we've done in the past. And this is what is, what is, has done for those publishers. Um, because, you know, we, we started offering it 
because somebody asked us mm-hmm. uh, at one point if we did it. And we're like, this sounds like a fun idea, but we have no idea if it's a good idea. Um, and I want to say after those two sponsored comics, it really clicked like, okay, yeah, this is this is something cool. This is something new. And this is actually helping raise interesting games. Yeah. And for publishers, it's a very fun and original, uh, well, it's actually very fun and original content for, uh, their fans or the, the people on the socials. Yeah. No, I mean, (laughs) uh, to share with them. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be exclusive content as well because you can say, well, look, if you back the Kickstarter, you can get access to, we'll send it out as an actual physical kind of product. I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of scope, and it is unusual. As I say, yeah. it's um, preview videos, bless them and all that, but they're generally kind of well. This is how you play, and and there you kind of go. Um, yeah. And I think people are always looking for kind of additional engage reasons to engage. And as you say, the middle of the god tier campaign, it was worthwhile them kind of look. Here's the here's some comics that we've done, um, just to kind of get that kind of kind of backer interaction, um. Is there anyone you would like to work with then? I mean, is there somebody that's on the pitch list that, you know, you guys would just really, really like to get your kind of your artist claws into? Who? Good uh, question. Mm, yeah. We probably sh- should have a list, but we've <laughs> just been sort of like, oh my God, people actually want this now that we haven't made like a wish list. I mean, of course, there are, there are yeah. companies we would love to do something with. Um, we lo- both love uh, later games, so we did Fast and Rude. Oh, and wow, and yeah. And, yeah. Um, I mean, we have, we've, we've not had a co- contact about a comic, but we did want, uh, we did those uh, propaganda posters for Root at one point, yeah. uh, which they reached out and said, we really like those, so that was very cool. Um, who else would we like to work with? Um, I would really like to work with Osprey at one point. I think they're doing really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe not even for their board games, but they're like, here's a rule book, get some miniatures and have fun, because I think that is really cool and not enough people know about those things like Gaslands and Frostgrave. And even Wildlands is, uh, I mean, let's face it, Wildlands yes. is a lovely, lovely game that is just, I mean, it's practically right in the comics itself. With regards to the yeah, different characters, at the same time, I think it'd be... yeah. At the same time, we haven't been able to come up with a good comic about it, and it's been tearing at least me apart for a while. <laughs> yes, well, you I just think for at least a year now. You just have to try. You just have to try better. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah. Or we'll just we'll just go brainstorm with you. Just that perfect. perfect. Let's do okay. Okay. Let's do a wildlands. A Wildlands comic is all about running out of cards, isn't it? It's basically <laughs> about why didn't you attack that person? You had the crystal in your hand. Why didn't you attack him? Because I didn't have the right card on me. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Done. And I, I've also been, been playing around with that idea, like why is this crystal super important for you, but... <laughs> Other players seem to think it's trash. Why? Why is it just because the color? Are you? I, what if you're colorblind? Yeah, I always want. I always thought the thing was they would lift one of their hats off, and then what you would see is you would see that we're actually wearing beautiful earrings 
under their hat. And they had lots of stud earrings, and it was quite clear they were missing one of the stud earrings, which is what they needed the crystal for. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Or a teeth thing. Why do you need these or crystals to finish off my teeth? Or because teeth. they're nice. Ah. They're nice and shiny. If you make any of these comics, by the way, using these ideas, um, you can have them because I'll never, I'll never get off my butt to draw anything. It's been a long time since I drew anything. Um. Is there, is there, I mean, we, you mentioned previously, Rachel, that, um, you know, you've, um, you kind of stepped away from the kind of the geek stuff or stayed away from the general geek stuff because there was so many kind of comics out there doing that. But is there, is there other kind of parts of kind of, I don't know why we call geek, normal popular culture yeah, that means yeah, billions yeah. of dollars. Um, but is there any kind of, is there any kind of mainstream, more mainstream stuff that you would love to kind of create something for? And is it possibly Battlestar Galactica? I'm just guessing. Oh, <laughs> I'd love to, but I could actually do that because there's a Battlestar Galactica board game. <gasps> I should do this. <laughs> Good idea. Write this down. Write these all down. This is yeah, just cool. I feel down. like I'm. I feel like this isn't an, a podcast. This is almost like a consultancy. Yeah. Ken, what is it they call it? Blue sky, blue sky thinking, basically. Yeah, blue, sky. blue sky. Let's have it. Let's gather. Of course, nobody can gather together um, because <laughs> because we can't. You know, let's gather. No. Let's have a meeting in the office. Bring your hazmat suits. We'll have a chat, kind of thing. Um, but um, no, I mean, well, you know, is, um, yeah. Oh right, yeah. Well, um, about five years ago, I uh, also had like a lot of more spare time to play video games. So I also had like tons of ideas for, um, well, jokes about video games. So that that that's where it was coming from. So uh, in the beginning, I was more thinking about uh, like a. Um, more of relationship jokes uh, relating to all kinds of things mm -hmm. in, well, I'm going to say the word again, geeky or just <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. There so, you go. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's where it, that was coming from. Mm. But would I still want to do that? Um, well, not, not really. I'm kind of, you know, I kind of like that it's, it, it it's it. I don't want to say it's close. Uh, it's it has uh, boundaries. Yes, it has boundaries. Yeah, but there's a directness. I mean, if you, I mean, there's also um, there's kind of like certain popular games, certain popular developers, designers that if you did a comic about them, you know, for instance, if you did like a comic about like say, um, like you know John Gilmore, everybody would say you know oh, Dead of Winter or you know. Wasteland Express yeah. delivery, so there's still, there's still kind of you know, or Jamie Stegmaier, um, you know, I'd love to see somebody doing a comic about just Jamie Stegmaier, um, you know, being actually the source of all evil on this earth because he's a secret, <laughs> he's a secret supervillain, and I'm pretty sure he's like Magneto, and he has like a shiny metallic helmet that he controls the world with and what he does is he does these lovely interviews with everybody, he's all smiley and all nice and then he goes down into his hollowed out volcano and you know he's um, you know he's uh, he's kind of I don't know stealing sweets off of small children, he's 
you know, <laughs> crunching Stroop waffles underneath his boots so the people that like gluten-free stuff can't eat them. You know, just various. You know, just various. <laughs> just various kind of well, things, you know. J- Jamie would be a good subject because he he has his vlog so you can easily sort of like copy his way of speaking yeah. and thinking into comic ideas. Yeah. So Jamie would actually be great. I mean, to be fair, I I don't even know what Jonathan Gilmore's voice sounds like or how he speaks, so that would be very hard to make a comic about. He's been on the show a couple of times. I'm happy to send you mm-hmm. all the recordings of all the yes. outtakes with him talking normally so we can get this so we can kind of get this <laughs> get this stuff done. Um in terms of I mean the situation just now, with you being kind of online based, have you noticed a huge effect in kind of what's happening? I mean, is it are you are you kind of using the the web comics just to be okay, let me rewind a bit. In this kind of time, in this kind of situation, do you think it's important for you to continue to produce the webcomic on a weekly basis to kind of keep normality um, going, you know, to keep a routine going, you know, to keep people having something to look forward to kind of every Monday kind of thing? I'm, I'm just, just for us to retain normality, I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, honestly, uh, it's been really fun uh, to see everybody going like, "Oh, I'm stuck in my house. Let's start live streaming." Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. it's also being sort of—I don't want to say tiring, but I feel like a slight social obligation every time. I'm like, "Oh, you're creating a thing, and I should repay you with my time." But I—I I yeah. don't have the time right now. So every t- every time somebody goes like, "I'm streaming," is like, "I'm I'm really sorry." I you you probably don't don't know, but I feel like I'm hurting you a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and actually, for for me in this entire stay-at-home business we're in nowadays, um, nothing has really changed. Uh, I've been preparing for this or training for this like for years now. Only difference mm. is that Heinz is at is at home as well. Yes, <laughs> and the only difference is we can't go out and have game nights and yeah. we can't go out and do bouldering but other than that um work-wise things haven't really changed for me um actually i'm kind of in the busiest period ever because i'm still uh, finishing up yeah. very big projects yeah yeah so it's it's been really weird actually <laughs> you know so you've now not got just got a couple of cats to deal with you've also got a husband kind of going about the yeah. house you know mm-hmm. I hope you know. Yeah, it's an it's an adjustment, but (laughs) it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Look, thank you very, very much for coming on. I mean, I know this; um, these aren't exactly ideal circumstances, um, but we always we make the best with what we can. Um, If people have listened along tonight, and they, um, I mean, let's face it, if you've you will be aware of Semicorp, and if you aren't, don't be silly. Of course, you're aware of them. But if people want to find you on the internet webs where do we find you on the internet webs um so the 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 main place is the website which would be semicoop.com mm-hmm. uh, and then every social media we can get our hands on except for snapchat and tiktok uh we're at semicoop yeah so we're mostly active on twitter facebook instagram and you can also 
find and maybe support us on Patreon. Oh, that's very professional. Very good. Just give them money, for goodness sake. <laughs> the stuff's really, really good. The dollar. I mean, we're better than Penny Arcade. See, you hear it there. That's so recorded. No, that's a quote from me directly. Because <laughs> Penny Arcade, they can come after me, but they'll never find me. You'll never find me. <laughs> um, but no, we'll make sure that we put all the links in the show notes so that we've got notes to show. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're doing, um, I'll be at my house. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you know? Like search, yeah, just like everyone else. Search for We're Not Wizards. Um, you'll find us, you know. I would say come round, but you can't. So there you go. Um, you know. Um, but we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all these wonderful places. And if you like what you've listened to tonight, um, then tell other people about us. Don't tell them face-to-face, obviously, because you can't knowledge of that. Um, but also <laughs> consider going to the Apple Podcasts and dropping us a subscription, because that's really, really nice as well. Um, Maybe if you're in a video call this week, just just put a podcast on in the background. There you go. Just get people interest going. I want that guitar music wailing out the intro music everywhere exactly. it can i want it to become the new national anthem that's all I, that's all i would like um no um but again thank you very very much for coming on um there's only a couple more things to do the first okay. thing exciting <laughs> it's not that exciting <laughs> the first the first thing is to remember that we're many things but we're not wizards are we wizards no, we are not. Certainly not a wizard. Fantastic. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Rachel. Say goodbye, Rachel. Bye-bye. And it's a goodbye from Heinze. Say goodbye, Heinze. Bye-bye. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, I've been saying this for a couple of years now, but, you know, um, and I see this crop up, but seriously, stay safe. Um, roll sixes. Uh, make something awful and until the next time um, get yourself on the comics you know get yourself a bit of semi-co-op and until the next time goodbye a wizard is never linked Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. (laughs) 